Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to On The Bench. It's a very special recruiting-centric edition. Uh, Figured there's been some big news, so why not pod? Um, Zach, I got Zach Boston with me here right now. We're going to bring on some other guests as this thing gets going. But Zach, the big news. Tell me about the big news. Georgia, top 247 defensive line commit. Tyree West is on campus at Florida State. You can't talk. You can't just talk. You can't talk about Tyree West. He's only been on campus for three hours. Why are we talking about Tyree West? Oh, what's the big news? No, no, it's Tyree West. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, late last night or uh, early in the evening, but that's late for me. um, Steve Wilfong dropped a crystal ball on Florida State, but it came after the big news that you reported, which was what? That he was going to be on campus this or today and that we actually believe he is going to make it um since then your report uh Tyree West has arrived on campus so this was a big visit or is a big visit that's taking place right now have you put your crystal ball pick in for Florida State yet I did like 30 minutes ago had to enter it after I saw you put in your uh 10 lock uh crystal ball I haven't seen that in a while so had to go in and, and put mine in but but yeah uh, I think I think most of us have, have entered our crystal balls. Yeah, and it's a it's a big addition for Florida State, assuming that they're able to hold on to him and, and and sign him. You know, if he does commit to FSU, it's a big addition to that defensive line. We talk a lot about needing to to kind of bulk up, especially on the interior. Uh, did you see this coming? And 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 just how has Florida State been able to stay in this recruitment despite his commitment to Georgia? I spoke to Tyree at the beginning of November and I basically asked him one question. I was like, are there any other schools that are trying to flip you? And the only school he mentioned was Florida state. So FSU um, coach, Adam Fuller, uh, defensive line coach, Odell Hagens, and you know, a couple other guys like Ryan Barto, Kenyatta Watson have been really working this one for, for months now. Um, and yeah. th- this recruitment has been storied in the fact that, we keep thinking he's going to make it to campus and then he just doesn't show up. But this time he actually did show up. This is the first time he's been on campus since his June visit to Florida state, which is right. you know, one of the, one of those opening days of June where everything uh, opened the recruiting floodgates. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's huge. Um, Florida state's been, you know, just involved with him for, for a long time. And I think, it's going to pay dividends here soon. Um, yep. You know, that's assuming another big team doesn't get in the mix and, and challenge things late. But I really like where Florida State stands. And it's all because they, they just stuck with the process and continue to communicate with Tyree um, throughout his entire recruitment. I agree. Um, we'll see what happens. This is some big news to start the podcast. Hopefully it gets even bigger as we go on. Zach, I'm going to let you go back to class or whatever you do during the day in Tallahassee. 
I got the holy trinity of FSU or of 24-7 sports recruiting coming on with me up next. I got Bud Elliott, I got Steve Wiltfong, and I got Andrew Ivins. And next up on the bench, I have national recruiting analyst Bud Elliott. Um, Bud? Newberg, how you doing, buddy? I'm hanging in there just like you. Uh, we got two weeks left of this season. You know, hopefully we can make it. It's been an exciting season, though, for Florida State. I mean, I think the team, like, has really improved uh, throughout the course of the year. It would have been easy for them to kind of just go completely to pieces after the Jacksonville State loss, but they, they stayed fighting. You know, it took a little while. Um, those losses had consequences, obviously. I, I, I think, you know, you would have always been probably second fiddle to Alabama for Pritchett, but starting out 0-4 made his decision easier, I'm sure, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but they have rallied. They kept Travis Hunter in the fold. They've kept Sam McCall in the fold. Duffy really didn't waver, to my knowledge at least. And, you know, I, I think that they also recruited this class like a team whose coaching staff understood what it was going to be. There was no, we're going to go get Evan Neal and we're going to be 10-2. and two. Oh, wait, we're 5-7. and seven. We're still recruiting Evan Neal in November. Mm-hmm. We have no backup plan type situations here, right? Like we saw, you know, under the last administration. So, you know, I, I don't want – they have good players in this class. They also did a good job targeting guys who, if the season didn't go so well, the entire class wouldn't fall apart. Yeah, and I agree that I think that there were some ups and downs during the year. Obviously, Jacksonville State was probably a low point for the season. But to think, you know, we are where we are right now. There was barely any attrition. Um, Like you said, Florida State did some things over the summer to account for even a bad season, like over signing on the offensive line or over committing, whatever you want to call it, you know, going into the season with six commitments. Um, If this was a eight, 10 win team, you and I both know they probably don't go into the season with six offensive line commitments. You know, they, they took more than they needed. And here we are with just one person gone, you know, Aluba, um, who would have thought? So that being said, from an even broader scope, just Mike Norvell's tenure, where's FSU recruiting stand in your opinion? Are they where they need to be? Are they behind the ball right now? Are they ahead of the pace? What do you think? You know, I, I think they are, uh, they're certainly out recruiting their, their on-field play, no doubt, right? Like if, if you judge it based on how, how does their class look, how does their on-field play look? I mean, they are recruiting well ahead of how they've looked on the field. Um, I think they had some, you know, some shot at like a top, you know, top 10, top eight class. If the season had gone really well. Yeah. What are uh, we right now? Okay. So right now they're 13 overall yeah. with 16 commitments. They have more room. I mean, they, they could take up the 25 high schoolers. I don't know. Do they actually, you know, will do that. I'm sure they want to save. I don't think they have 20. I don't think they have that many on the board right now. Yeah. To, even I'm, if I'm they just, all went the right direction. I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, and then a couple of their kids who are quote unquote on the board are, you know, backup plans, right? If, if a comes B is not, not no longer a take type player. So uh, they certainly have the space to move up a little bit more. Everybody else will, will be adding guys, you know, Josh, I, it is pretty rare for a team with a losing record and they might not finish with a losing record. I mean, they, there's right. a chance they go bowling. So, which is kind of crazy to say after an own four start, given that the toughness of the back half of the schedule, um, it is really rare for a team with a losing record in the early signing period era 
to have a top 15 type class. Like Norvell and those guys are really doing work. But not only that, but we forget that they have the number one player in America committed to right. them. Yeah. And like when you, you say it's rare for that to happen with the team with a losing record, but has the number has the number one player in America ever went to a team with a losing record in the modern recruiting era? I don't think so. I, I don't I think really, so either. I can't. We should start pushing that. that narrative a little harder. Yeah, that 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 is a really good narrative. Um, there there were some stats. I was like, no, no coach had ever had a top 15 class in the, you know the early era um, that finished with four fewer losses or four fewer wins. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's also like Hunter probably deserves credit for getting Sam a call. So they, they, Hunter they really... deserves credit for yeah. keeping this whole thing together after the 0-4 start. I mean, the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for the message that they pushed throughout the summer. But Travis Hunter is really the, you and I both know, he's been like the beacon of light that every coach, every recruit goes to when during that own four stretch, it was like, what's Travis Hunter doing? But what's Travis Hunter doing? And when Travis Hunter would pop up in the, in the commit group chat or, or he would put up a message on Twitter, like he was what everybody was looking to, to say, like, we we jump and ship. Okay. Travis is strong. Then I'm strong, you know, to quote Jameis. Exactly. But, but yeah, it's been it's been an unbelievable run. Um, what if, what about the portal, though? Because that that factors in like we can't talk recruiting without talking the portal. So what do you think Florida State needs to supplement this year with the portal? What's a must? So I, I think you need to go get, get a quarterback. Um, I know people are going to have recency bias right after Jordan's great game against Miami. Uh, but we also saw other games where he wasn't so great. And. I would go get a quarterback. If Jordan beats him out again, like, like he did McKenzie, awesome. Perfect. But that, that means he's, he's continued to improve. But I, I think you need to go get a quarterback. I think you need at least two offensive linemen. Uh, they really like the blessed kid, and they, they, they took his commitment there. I, I, I was told he had a six-foot-nine-inch wing, so that's, maybe he can play tackle for them. Maybe, maybe he's a guard. Anyway, I, I think he's certainly an upgrade over you know, some of the guys who they already have on this roster, especially some of the backups. I would go get another offensive lineman. You have to get a receiver, I think. Or two. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you I'm not opposed to get two. I mean, the, the, if Destin Hill's here and he really does enroll in January, that does alleviate some of the pressure. But as it stands now, like when we can physically look into the wide receiver room, we can't see Destin Hill there right now. I think as it stands now, you probably need two. Also, um, he hasn't played football in a year, Josh. I know. And I, I, I've asked if there's any concerns over that. I've been told no. And I presume that's as long as he does arrive in January, because if he does arrive in January, then you get the spring with him. Now, if he doesn't, then I do think that that factors in the fact that he hasn't played in a year. If he doesn't play in the spring, how much can you really count on somebody that's been away from football for that long? Exactly. I I agree with that. I think the January is key for that. Otherwise I think you need to. So then what do you do on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, I look that the fact that they're actually talking to the two to Carlos Nicholson tells me they might want to take another DB, but they've had the emergence of some good young guys, right? Mm-hmm. Brownlee's playing well. Duke Cooper's playing well. Knowles is playing well. Jamie Robinson, um, I think should be back, right? Unless we think he's going pro, but I, I think he should be back. Um, I think you go get a linebacker if you can, even though Dix or uh, not Dix shoot. Um, Deloach has been playing better. I would go get a linebacker. Mm-hmm. And the big concern I have is defensive line, right? Like, what, what is the absolute best part of this team this year? 
by far it's that defensive line. You're going to lose Johnson. You're going to lose Kier. Is Lovett going to go pro? I don't Le- think so. Lovett's don't publicly think about having a kid. He's pro. having a really good year. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um, I don't think so now. We'll see what happens when we get closer and we start hearing the rumors coming back because they haven't submitted their papers yet. Um, no, certainly not. Or anything um, like that. So we'll, we'll learn more. But yeah, yeah, potentially uh, you could have some major departures, especially obviously at the defensive end position. Yeah, and like I, you, you need one of these two young defensive ends you signed last year and Pat Payton and Wilson to emerge as a, a quality player for you in, in year two of their career next year. Uh, but you still need to go out and get, I think, at least one DN starter and probably another DN depth guy. Yeah, I, 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 I do like the idea. I've been, I've been floating this around. If let's just say Cooper and Lovett return, what do you think about playing Briggs when he comes back at defensive end? I, I don't hate the idea. I mean, you, you have bulked him up though a little bit, so right. You know, but you have you, time. Do you play more three down front, or you know? More, more, more three down looks in that case. It depends. You, obviously, I mean, you want to add another Jermaine Johnson, but like it's, you know, you're going to find the lottery ticket twice. Um, right. It's hard to guarantee that we can replace Jermaine Johnson. So you can't necessarily replace him. I think like, like we're talking about, you got to kind of figure out a, a different look for your defensive line. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be dominated by one individual player, but you could have like an upgrade across the front in general. So I think maybe that's more so what they're looking for. You know, I, I it, Josh, it's a really interesting idea because if you did, let, let's say you don't get a Jermaine Johnson in the portal, which is pretty likely that you don't get Jermaine Johnson 2.0 in the portal. If you played Briggs more at like a, you know, five or six tech, you play more of that three down, Mm-hmm. two-backer look. Um, the, the one saving grace, if you decide to do that, is that almost everybody on your schedule is, like, very spready. Clemson runs a spread. Miami runs a spread. Florida runs a spread. LSU has, rec- like, their their reputation is smash mouth. Mm-hmm. Last three, four years, they've recruited very much For to sure. a wide-open spread. There are not a whole lot of teams that could shove it down your throat if you do play more of that, like, three-down nickel, three-down dime stuff as your base. We're seeing Ole Miss do it this year as a reaction to their personnel and they've been okay with it. Yeah. So something to watch. And like I said, that really also depends on if those guys come back in the middle, because then Briggs becomes a little dispensable or or versatile for you on the defensive line. All right. Uh, Before we let you go, I want to just get into some of your crystal ball picks. Uh, First, start off with your Wesley Besaint crystal ball pick. You are predicting the four-star Miami Central linebacker to Florida State. Tell us about it. So FSU's done a good job, multiple visits. And they, they've done a nice job with him. He actually has said that he has a good relationship with Chris Marv. Um, I don't personally think Chris Marv's a great recruiter, so it is notable to me when, when a kid says that he has a great relationship with a guy. Like, just because Marv's not the best recruiter in the world doesn't mean that he can't connect with everybody, right? Like, if he has a good relationship, that's notable to me. Hey, it only takes one. Right, exactly. You just beat the, the, the team that I thought might have been the, ma- the main competition for him. They just fired their athletic director. So you could, in theory, have a coaching change coming there in Miami. If not this year, then certainly next year, you'd have to think. I mean, otherwise, why, why are you firing the AD? Um, Penn State, James Franklin seems to pop up for every open coaching job. So turnover there is certainly uh, possible, if not probable. And then West Virginia continues to lose games this year. They're like they're not having 
a strong year. They're going to go to a bowl, I think, but like they're not, they're not really moving yeah. up. They could have you know, swooped in and really yeah. had a great season because Florida State and Miami for the first quarter, for the first half of the season, were kind of doing everything they could to not right. impress Bassaint and, and make him go to West Virginia. But then you're right, West Virginia kind of faded away. And I don't feel like they're nearly the threat that they are. But so you put this pick in after his visit. So was yeah. it some intel that you heard coming out or what 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 caused you to put it in? So I was talking to the Florida State source and they said, Man, we we feel good. Like he's not a silent to us, but we've done a good job recruiting this kid and we really feel like he fits with us. We've outlined the path for that early playing time. If he comes in here and works like there's a clear role for him in our defense, we just balled out. Our linebackers played. Okay. against Miami, you know, and my, my, my guy asked me, he said, who else do you really think is going to sign him at this point? Like, it's kind of weird to say, but we're the most stable situation. I said, you know, you're right. You're right. That makes sense. All right, so then you also put a pick in, and you kind of took the sail, the wind out of some FSU fan sails when you put the pick in for Kamari Wilson to Georgia coming out of that FSU visit. Yeah, um, so I don't think FSU was actually like planning to bring Wilson in. I think I, I think Wilson called him up, and they said, "Yeah, for sure, come on." Right? Like I, I, I think that was more. Hey, I want to go hang out with Travis Hunter at one of the biggest games in the Southeast this weekend. And nobody I talked to over there thinks they're going to sign Kamari. And his other teammates were there. AJ Duffy was there. Yeah. And so was uh, Katron Allen. Yeah. The, the vibe I got was not, hey, we have a shot at Kamari Wilson. It's uh, yeah. not a chance. So I talked to some sources and they were very optimistic. And it was surprising to me. And I'm, I'm obviously not buying it because I didn't put a pick in. I don't think I have a pick in for Kamari Wilson at all. But um, I wasn't necessarily buying it. And the, and the reason is the same as you for some of those same reasons. That's the way I kind of thought that his recruitment was playing out. Um, but he said something on, on his exit interview when he said that he's going to return to Florida State before early signing day. And you know how that is. You, you, you just exit the Moore Center. You're doing these interviews. The coaches are right over your shoulder. I mean, sometimes the excitement of the visit sometimes you just say things and and not to say like he had a great time he he probably does want to come back to Tallahassee um but I don't think he will but if he does if he does if he makes a return trip five hours up from Bradenton to go check out Tallahassee one more time in between now and the early signing period on December 15th if he makes it back to campus I will take those conversations much more seriously but until yeah. then I think he's heading to most likely Georgia. I, um, but much, I just, much like Chris Nee, by the way, I I had meant to put in my crystal ball pick for Kamari a while ago, and I just mm -hmm. I, I looked at it because Chris mentioned, "Hey, I thought I'd put one in, and I guess I didn't put one in." Yeah, I, um, I yeah, we got to do maintenance on those crystal balls. Every yeah, now and again. like I had Shamar James or uh, Shamar Stewart, the defensive end, crystal ball to Miami up until this morning when I noticed, hey, he's going to Texas A&M and has right. been for months now. Like I need to change that. So people are going to see me put in the Shamar Stewart crystal ball this morning, but I was just doing some maintenance on, on my picks. So it happens, guys. Not everything is like you didn't do it just because he left FSU and you determined that, oh, this is it. He's going to Georgia. It was just. And over the summer, you're at the you're, you're, you're at all these camp series and in the spring, you're talking to kids, you're, you're talking to their, you know, their families and their handlers and like, hey, where, where do you think he's going? This kid's like, I, I put in the ball for, you know, LSU or whatever. Seven he, months later, Orgeron's fired and, you know. If he shows up, 
on December 10 or something for an unofficial. Well, I mean, that'll perk your ears up, right? No doubt. Yeah. If that happens, I'm, I'm texting Rusty for sure. <laughs> right. So, all right, let's see what happens. Um, I saw that you walked into the gym and launched a three-pointer for Julian Armella on January 9th of this year. You of still feel year? good about your Julian? Ar- I think it was January. I think it was uh, like two, two years, years ago. Two okay. Years ago. <laughs> Yeah. So obviously there's been some ups and downs, but when you make an early pick like that, you're going to stand on it, especially if FSU is just in the mix in general. So how are you feeling at this point on your Armella crystal ball from two years ago? I, I would say decently. Um, I Is he really going to go to LSU? Uh, LSU doesn't have a coach yet. Maybe, maybe they get a coach hired and, and get one. You know, obviously they're going to get a coach hired. And didn't point. they already fire their O-line coach before, like in August, right before yes. the season started? So they're doing yeah, everything sure. possible to not land Armella. And right. FSU is a legacy for him. And it's still not a, a sure thing. If if he picks LSU, you almost just can't blame this staff. It, it, there's something else going on there. You know, not something nefarious, but like he just must just absolutely love Baton Rouge or something like that. Um, you know, the, the thing over the summer we were hearing was, is he really a take at, you know, Bama or Ohio State or Clemson? And I think at some point he would have been a take, right? But not everybody's a take if they want to wait and go go the entire distance with with the process. Some of these schools will fill up, and a lot of them, you know, have. So I don't think it's fair to say he was never a take at some of those schools. But I, I don't know that he that he has spots at all those schools now. So I wonder you know, how, how many how many spots can he really commit to right now? Yeah, and does he want to? If, if he's going to commit to an in-state school, I mean, like we talked about at the beginning, somehow, some way, Florida State seems like the most stable product in the state right now. So I think they're sitting in a really good spot for Armel. I've been writing about that for a little while. Um, do you have an Earl Little crystal ball in? This is one I actually have to figure out what to do with because it's it's the same. Oh, you do? Years. You have it on it's LSU? It's two years old and it's LSU. Uh, yeah. That Which one not- I think you can eat. Yeah, I, I, but the question, you, can't, you cannot change them to Foggy anymore. That that's, right. that's changed. So do I put it on Bama or, or not? I mean, I have mine on Bama and I feel good about it right now. All right. Let me, let me ask you the question that Ingram asked me. Why isn't Earl committed to Bama right now? Cause he likes the recruiting process. He's playing it out okay. and he feels that he has a spot is, I mean, that's what I would theorize. I think that's probably true. I mean, there's, there's three options, right? He's a take and he's waiting, mm-hmm. you know, He's a take and he's waiting to commit because, you know, he just, he likes the process. He's waiting to see who else comes there or, you know, may, maybe they're waiting to figure some stuff out. I, I tend to agree with you. Fun. I, yeah, right. Exactly. Likes the process. You know, I, I, I think he is a take there personally. Yeah. I, I've asked a cu- couple sources and they tell me that he is and have been consistent in that. And I check, you know, every time Alabama gets a commitment. Um, but we did the same kind of with Pritchett too on the offensive line. You know, there was times where they were taking guys and it was like, oh, is Pritchett still going to be a take? And yep, still got a spot there. So until I hear otherwise under a little, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Alabama. Yeah, I, I, I may need to change mine over there for them. Okay. And then before we get you out of here, the one thing I want to ask is you don't have a Marvin Jones Jr. prediction. Where would you put it if today was signing day? He still has more visits coming up. Yeah, you know, this, this is this is tough. I like this, I really don't know. 
Like yeah. he's played this pretty well. And I think FSU's done a really good job recruiting him. Obviously, like the name, image, and likeness thing that they can offer him, not the school directly, but obviously the, right. the community. He's a bigger star, name, image, and likeness-wise in Tallahassee than he is anywhere else because the value of, the, of that name that he has is going to resonate with the fan base a lot more. And I think that's been made made known to him. Um, not that other schools couldn't match the you know some of the NIL stuff. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, other schools have better NIL stuff than FSU has going right now at this stage in the process. I, Newber, I really don't know, man. I, like, do you have one in? No, I do not. And Does anybody have one in? You know, um, not. I, I don't think I knows twenty four seven. I gotta, I gotta check, double check, but I don't think so. Um, <sighs> wow, nobody has one in for the whole network. Really. This yeah, this is like he really. That's I think that shows how close to the vest he's played this. Yeah, and I'm gonna have Ivan's on, um, Andrew Ivan's on after you, so I'm gonna put him on the spot as well and ask him the same question. But right now, I mean, you know, there was a ton of confidence coming out of our Oklahoma site on the on the 24 seven Sports Network. And there usually is. There usually is. So it's kind of hard to read that. And then you also had Ohio State. You know, anytime Ohio State wants a defensive end from Florida, you got to kind of, but that visit hasn't materialized and I did you know I reached out to a good contact at Ohio State and it it was a a flight cancellation it wasn't anything like that but you know are they still a player are they going to get him back on campus because at one point they were maybe the favorite so yeah I can understand why you're pausing because he hasn't taken all his visits and you want to see how that's going to play out but um I also just wanted to put you on the spot so I I think it's Bama FSU or the field because of like, he's super tight with Earl, right? Those, those guys are fishing buddies. They're probably going to room together if they go to the same school. Like they're really, really like best friend tight level, you know, friends. And that if I'm FSU, that's probably the competition I'm, I'm mostly worried about. Hmm. All right. Well, you disagree? We it's Oklahoma. No, I, I, I have a hard time seeing Oklahoma. Um, I agree. I think you're right. I think if Earl, if the dominoes can f- fall in Alabama's position, I could see this as one of those coups that they pull off at the end that they do. And, you know, unfortunately, this time Florida State would be on the on the back end of that and it would suck. But, yeah, I could I, – I think it's probably FSU or Bama. Yeah, more likely FSU than does the field. feel good, though. Like, they don't feel like, hey, we have him, but they feel like they've done a really good job recruiting him. Yes, I think that they feel like they that the weekend went as good as it could have, even the previous weekends. Like they yeah. had him on camp. This was like his third official visit. Uh, we talked about this on the bench, but you know, the way he's visited, it's always been a weekend long trip. So this is like his third official visit. And then you couple in the fact that they were playing Miami, the fact it was a great atmosphere, the fact that they won, the fact that Jermaine Johnson dominated. I think the staff just feels like, okay, it's kind of like studying for a big exam. Like going in, we don't know how we're going to grade out on this exam, but we feel as good as we could going in. Like we did what we needed to do. They may not set the curve, but they know they made an A. Yeah, But you got to set the curve to get the kick because it's a zero-sum game. Right. It's a zero. Right. In recruiting, you don't get, you know, just because you came up short, you don't, that doesn't mean that next year you're guaranteed anything or you're going to get a a supplementary prize. So unfortunately, it's all or nothing for Marvin Jones Jr. And we will find out. Uh, But, Bud, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. See you, Newark. Bye. And we're back on the bench, and this time 
I have national recruiting analyst Steve Wiltfong on the podcast. Steve, how you doing? Good morning, Joshua. Doing well, man. We what we have here now is a couple tribesmen, a couple <laughs> of the chosen people. Yes, on the airways right now. Yes, we are, Steve. Um, and you and I, we've been talking a lot, and we talked all summer, and you you really brought it bought into this Mike Norvell staff. I mean, you were all in, you were doing the climb, you were, you were doing, you were in then Owen four hit and you called me and you were like, Josh, I wasn't just hyping him this summer. I really wasn't. And you you were kind of like, what is going on here? Um, there's been some ups and downs, obviously Florida state stabilized from that own four start. They didn't lose the entire recruiting class. So all of your, your words over the summer were, were, were still standing. And here we are. Um, there's two games left in the season, but what do you think of Mike Norvell and, and Florida state and just what this season's become? Well, I think what I did, and I don't know if you voted in that poll and what your, your, uh, your private ballot said, but 24 seven sports, uh, put together a, uh, a, a group of people in the state of Florida. And I think Chris Hummer, some other people voted on, uh, they ranked the recruiters mm-hmm. in the state of Florida by head coach. And I think Dan Mullen won. And I think I was yeah. a little in my feelings that I wasn't asked to vote. Um, I mean, I'm the director of recruiting. I didn't get to vote in a poll. Uh, on who the best recruiters were in the state That's of Florida. So I decided to throw in my own vote. And I said the two best head coach recruiters were Mike Norvell and Jeff Scott. The poll was purely based on recruiting and not coaching or anything like that. Um, and I just couldn't imagine. A, did Manny or Mullen win? Either way, I couldn't live in I a world. I think Mullen won. I couldn't live in a world where Dan Mullen was declared the best head coach recruiter of the Florida schools, because we know that he's not. And it's I don't, not even a debate at this point. And, right. And, and it's, and it's unbelievable that he won a poll. Uh, but did you vote for Mullen, Josh? Not for number one. I put Mike Norvell number one, Steve. Um, Damn right. But and, and even you know that what? poll was taken. I think we did that in February. And then to think that Dan Mullen would take, major vacations in the month of May and June, like week-long vacations with the entire staff in the months of May and June. Anybody who voted for Dan Mullen number one should immediately be fired. Well, I don't want to come on easy. Just I just fired our, I just fired our whole Gator site. Don't worry. It, it, just, it just, <laughs> just means they don't understand what the head coach's role is in recruiting. Um, Neither did and, Dan. And, and uh, um, even when Florida, like, Jason Marshall went to Florida. I think like the off-field recruiting staff should get a huge salute. I think Christian Robinson does a good job there. I think they got, you know, some guys on staff that recruit hard, but Doesn't I don't, think it's, it I don't think it's led from the top down right. where I think at Florida state, and I think, I mean, I think Jeff Scott recruits his ass off, you know? So I like Jeff Scott as a recruiter, but um, uh, and, and he was a good football coach at Clemson. It's a tough, tough sway at uh at uh, USF. Yeah, and then you got Mark- and then you got Manny, who didn't even think that summer recruiting was important, and now he's shopping the clearance rack at the bake sale to try to find. You know, they got eight commitments right now. He's got to find the rest of his class if they hold on to him. Well, I just knew that at Florida State, Mike Norvell was leading from the top down, and mm-hmm. I knew that he did that at Memphis, 
And so, I, you know, I like to how I, I like to know, think that for the most part, I know who puts energy into the recruiting. Yeah. Right. But oh, and four, oh, and four, Steve, you were <laughs> well, oh, and four was could lead to it doesn't matter if you put energy in it at all. Right. You, you st- so it I still could have been right. But no, no one would have thought I was right anymore. after class <laughs> disassembled. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, uh, it, it's it's hung together pretty good. It's the number 13 yeah. class in the country. It's number three in the ACC. They're going to need to go back into the portal again this year and have some key pickups, but they can really start building this thing up from the prep level the way that the best programs in the country do it with high school player development. And then you spot, you spot your, your, uh, um, tr- you spot pick your transfers. Um, and, and yeah, they'll so, have to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're completely there yet, uh, but they're, you know, this is a class that's a nice foundation for them. Uh, particularly with guys like Hunter and, and McCall and uh, Rodney Hill, Devon Mortimer. I mean, those guys are good players, you know, and uh, they've got a lot of meat in, at the point of attack on offense. You know, we'll see uh, what Coach Atkins can do with those guys and, mm-hmm. and what kind of reputation he'll have in two, three years as an offensive line coach because they've recruited a lot of guys at that position and they're still swinging at guys like Keontae Goodwin. I don't know if you asked me a question. I know we just were BSing for a few minutes about nah, I think I did. I'm about to ask you a question because last night, boy, you had Knowles 24-7 buzzing. Uh, you put in a flip pick for four-star defensive tackle Tyree West to flip from the Georgia Bulldogs to Florida State. Um, Steve, what say you? Well, I just don't expect him that end up in George's class right now and I think that the school that has really prioritized him and has for months is Florida State and they've uh, remained in constant communication and let this young man know that he's a priority and I think proximity how much they love him um, you know we'll see what happens on today's visit Um, but I just like where Florida State sits now other schools could come in here and and uh changed my mind on the crystal ball but today uh, as we talk here right now Joshua I like Florida State for Tyree West yeah um, I was not a believer Um, some may say that (laughs) so I don't know if you listened to the last pod but I basically said we should take Tyree West off the (laughs) off the recruiting board because he hasn't shown he no showed on like six visits in a row and I had had enough. I was fed up with talking about Tyree West no show in Florida State anymore. Um, but but and you might have been right when you said it. That's what people don't understand is that recruiting is so fluid. It's unbelievably fluid that when you said it, it probably was true. But then some things maybe happened that all of a sudden, you know, you know maybe I need to get down to Tallahassee and go see Florida State. Yes. So, that that can't happen but you know everybody likes to jump on it it it, the joke is uh the joke is still funny but to your point i don't think it's funny man i empathize with you because it's hard like recruiting is the nothing has to make sense in recruiting because nothing is binding these young men nothing makes sense but i love it i love the chaos i like to be wrapped up in it and sometimes steve i say things that maybe i regret in the long run but i say more things that you know I'm right on. But anyway, I want to get back to Tyree West. And I want to talk about the fact that right now, as we are on this podcast, I am entering a crystal ball pick 
show pick for Tyree West to flip to Florida State. Um, I got and you're doing it with those Florida State colored glasses on too, <laughs> yeah, with my garnet and gold colored glasses. But I reached out to a good contact last night and I checked on it and I said, um, "Time for the flip soon on Tyree West." And I got back a "Yes, sir." Um, I followed up with a couple more texts to get some details. And I said, okay, keep me updated. Let me know if I should put that crystal ball pick in and was told, yes, you should. And I said, right now. And he said, I would. So that was last night, basically confirming everything you originally reported. But Steve, I am on board with you. I just put in my Tyree West crystal ball. That is a live crystal ball pick. There's nothing like it, but, um, all right, so Tyree West, I also confirmed he should be on campus at 8.30 a.m. You and I are taping this at 8 a.m., so technically he's not on campus yet at Florida State, but I do believe he will be there, so I, I feel confident in putting that pick in. Um, we'll have more on that on Knowles 24-7 after his visit concludes on um, this podcast. Because you guys will be, um, will be on the bench waiting for him, right? Oh, not me, but somebody will. Yeah. Young Zachary probably will be. He's a tribesman, right? Uh, yeah, he is. Right. Last name, last name like Blostein. He's the chosen people. <laughs> All right, Kamari Wilson. Uh, you put in a crystal ball pick for him. We, I'm just going to go through a couple guys that were on. Not campus. for Florida State. I've been. On no, Georgia no, no. Before. I know. Yeah, I know. Let's not get these listeners no, no, no. In, a, in a dither here. All right, new segment. New segment here. I'm going to go rapid fire with uh, with Steve and just go over some of the guys that were on campus yesterday, or just some of the guys that were. Uh, that he has crystal ball picks in for four, four, to state. So I wanted to start with IMG five-star safety, Kamari Wilson. Uh, he took an uh, official visit to FSU over the weekend. You put in a crystal ball pick, not to FSU. I'd be, it's been, I didn't just log it. It's been long logged for Georgia. And I'd still be surprised if he ended up anywhere other than Georgia, but he's going through his process, taking visits, dotting I's, crossing T's probably having some fun still like Georgia until someone tells me different Earl Little this is another long time crystal ball I think you made this one in August but you have him to Bama he was on Florida State's campus once again over the weekend with his father doesn't change your opinion of your crystal ball pick though I think that there's been promising dialogue with Florida State um, but I just like Alabama haven't heard different all right four-star wide receiver Kevin Coleman was in Oregon and you put your pick for FSU down to a confidence level of one what the hell Steve well I just don't have any new intel I do think that Oregon is very much in it he had a great visit to Oregon at the end of July just took an official visit out there I think that talking to some people around Florida State there is some concern too about the Ducks I think that I just don't know what he's going to do. So my crystal ball is on a one. I'm allowed to not know sometimes, right? No, you are. I'm just putting you on the spot. I was told, um, see, I have a long time crystal ball pick in for FSU as well. And right now, like if today was signing day, I'd probably switch it to Oregon. But if you read my recruiting scoop on Knowles 24-7 on Monday, I said that there's optimism coming from within the Moore Center that he's going to be back on campus sometime in December for an unofficial visit. Now, no, nobody's if, recruited him better and more consistent than Florida state. Right. So we'll see what happens with that. 
Yeah, I'm I'm still holding out to see what happens in December. If you know the people I talk to at FSU are confident he's he that they're planning a return trip for an unofficial December, and if he comes in one more time right before early signing day, then then I like FSU's chances there, and I'll keep my pick. Hey, um, you should go down to a one with me. Hang out down here in the single digit number. <laughs> Now, Kiana Goodwin, no crystal ball picks, no no nothing. But I do want to talk to you about the five-star offensive tackle that popped up on campus. You broke the new news a couple of days prior that he was going to be coming in on an official visit. Great uh, scoop. And he has an excellent relationship with Alex Atkins. But what do you think FSU's realistic chances are here with Goodwin? Did you get some eyes on Goodwin yourself? Did you see that, see that young man? Yeah, he looked like he has a mortgage and uh, – couple child payments he is uh is impressive looking a prospect as you're going to find that picture with him and like mike norvell is an average size human to a, a you know he he uh that picture of him and mike norvell just had me kind of laughing uh, he looks like an oversized great, fridge Keontae's a good kid man i've known him since he was in middle school he was getting offers since then his trainer chris vaughn has trained uh, Rondell Moore, Wondell Robinson, Steve, you know, several guys that have played at the Division One ranks, and his kids always test off the charts, including Keontae. I mean, Keontae is a guy that'll probably shuttle in the four sixes. It's he's Chris Vaughn's just one of the best trainers in the country. Was he always that big? Was he always going to be an offensive tackle, or did he grow into that? I'm going to send you a picture that I t- that Keontae and I took when he was down at the All America Bowl watching Rondell when he was in middle school. Of me and him, he's always been big, um, but he during COVID reshaped his body, d- changed his whole nutrition plan. Um, he was always strong, um, but he 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 uh, he got down to about three hundred. He's about three forty now. Um, yeah, we have him listed three hundred. But he he's uh you know he's put in a lot of work. Uh, he did a lot of cardio, a ton of cardio, and really. Uh, um, you know, he loves playing football. He's a smart, insightful young man. Um, like, he know, like, he goes on these visits, and he knows everybody before he gets there. Like, he's a fan of football. He loves playing football. And, uh, um, you know, he's uh, – um, so when he gets on these campuses, he's excited. He, this was his second time in Tallahassee. He's taking his first ever trip to Texas A&M this weekend. He's committed to Kentucky – They've obviously done a great job recruiting him. He likes Coach Wolford over there. Coach Merrill's the lead recruiter, one of the best recruiters in the country, likes Stoops. Um, but I, I do think there's a chance that he could go elsewhere. And the opportunity to play early at Florida State, I think, was attractive. Hanging out with guys like Travis Hunter was fun to him. The relationship with Alex Atkins. Florida State's in it. We'll see. I mean, I would mm-hmm. think that I, – I mean, if I was putting odds on the best shot to flip him. I haven't heard different that I would still lean towards Alabama, but, you know, we'll see what happens on these next couple trips and where he gets back. I think he's going to get back to some places in December. So maybe he comes back to Florida state. I think he's going to go back to Bama. So we'll, you know, but you take your shot, you swing your shot. Here's the thing, Texas A&M, Georgia and Bama seem to get every damn five-star that's still in play on campus. Right? Like that's the formula. We recruit the hell out of these kids. We can I can I say we recruit the shit out of these kids? It's yeah, on the bench, stuff. it's legal. Yeah. Yes, you recruit Especially the shit out Brandon's of these kids. Here. You recruit the shit out of these kids, and you just let them tell you no. 
until that, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Florida State, they're trying to get as many good players as possible on campus to see what they're about. And eventually, if they can keep, if they can start winning some ball games, right. you know, the more kids you get on campus, the the, the better your odds are. And, and so uh, I just applaud the effort. Yeah. One of these things is not like the other. And a lot of these top recruitments that we're talking about on the podcast, Florida State is the only team that might not even make a bowl game that's competing for these top prospects. Like every recruitment we talk about, you got you got the the, the top teams in America fighting it out with Florida State. So it says something to the level that this staff is recruiting. They're recruiting way above their heads. And as soon as the wins can pick up with the level and effort that they're matching and recruiting, it's going to take off. Um, we've seen it happen here at Florida State before. We've seen a recruiting-centric coach come in here and you know recruit over his head until the team was good. Uh, the only difference was, you know, the results on the recruiting trail. He hit on those on those key players and it all worked out for him. Speaking of Jimbo Fisher, Mike Norvell, you know, the same will be said, you know, or we will see what we say about him in the years to come. But he's got guys like Travis Hunter. He's got guys like Sam McCall on board and he's trying to add more. One more that he's trying to add is Marvin Jones Jr., one of the top pass rushers in America. Um I had Bud on talking a little bit about his recruitment as well. The thing for me is, do you think Ohio State's going to get back into this one? Are they still a player? I haven't heard that they are. Um, I just, uh, there's just the relationship between Ohio State and Marvin isn't anywhere close to what it is with Oklahoma, Alabama, and Florida State. Effectively or unofficially take Ohio State out of the equation then. And I didn't read uh, our guy Andrew Ivan's update on Marvin yesterday. He didn't so give I, away probably, much. I, I probably should do that. But I, I, I think Oklahoma, Jamar Kane has led the charge there. I don't think there's a coach that he's closer to. Um, Oklahoma's done as good a job as you can recruiting him and his mother and uh, getting him out to campus and having a good time. And, hey, Lincoln Riley is an ace head coach recruiter too. He's a genuine – human that talks to these recruits talks to the top targets makes time for them carves up you know does what the hell a head coach is supposed to do when you're trying to win a national championship is you have all these great players on the board and you recruit them again you're not going to get them all but much respect to lincoln riley and his effort at the top of the food chain to recruit guys and jamar kane's doing a good job alabama you got um you know it's i mean i'll say what the kids say it's bama right you know and uh um, Nick Saban, when you talk to Nick Saban, he's so, he's so thorough and clear with his message that it just makes complete sense, obvious, right? Obviously, right? And then, um, you know, the Alabama staff's done a good job with him. His head coach is Pat Sertain. Pat Sertain Jr. had a great experience there. One of his, you know, uh, Marvin's mom told me that Marvin's best friend is Dallas Turner. Dallas Turner's having a great experience there. He was the 24-7 sports true freshman of the week, the the weekend that Marvin took his official visit. So good vibes there. Florida State, I actually thought Florida State trailed coming into this last visit. Um, Doesn't mean I'm right. It was just my opinion. Um, And I think that it was a really good visit. I think it was a good visit for Marvin. I think it was a good visit for his mom. I think that NL, NIL is something that Florida State's really pushing with Marvin um, mm-hmm. and what his name means, what it could mean for the bottom line. Um, I think that 
um, Florida State's defense flashing a ton in the backfield was big. I don't know if it's enough to land him, but I honestly just thought y'all were an afterthought in the recruitment. Now I think you guys are legit. So mm. we'll see. Georgia's again, Georgia's swinging because that's what major programs do. They see five stars out there and they try and land them and they, and they go at them hard. And uh, there's some schools that should do that that don't. And they're, they're, you know, their ceiling is New Year's six. Um, but Georgia, A&M, Bama, uh, Oklahoma, something they're trying to win the national championship, Ohio State, you know, and Florida State, they're trying to get in on these guys. And, you know, we'll see how it continues under in the Norvell regime. Yeah, two games to go. It'll be interesting. And then recruiting season hits. And that's when Mike Norvell and the staff will get to do their in-home visits and, and maybe host another weekend or two of unofficial and official visits. Uh, Steve, you'll be all over Knowles 24-7 helping us out with coverage. We thank you for everything that you provide. And um, we'll be watching your crystal ball page. Hey, man. I just love anytime I get to interact with you for work purposes, brother. We need to get you back to Indy for some smoothies in the morning here. That's right. And some cocktails in the evening, bro. <laughs> all right, Steve. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Take care, man. Bye. See ya. Bye. Next up on the bench, I have national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports, Andrew Ivins. Ivins, what's up, man? Welcome. Uh, not much, Josh. Thank you for, for having me on the bench. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Yes, a long time coming. Um, it's been, you and I were just talking before this started. It's just been such a crazy six months <clears throat> with the dynamics of the big three. Um, over the summer, you know, you had Florida State lead off June with Midnight Madness. And a lot of people thought that was Florida State kind of blowing what they had early and it wasn't going to last. But then, you know, they had guys on campus all summer. Manny Diaz comes out and calls it fake momentum. Um, Dan Mullen answers by taking multiple vacations during that, th <laughs> that same time. And but, you know, there was kind of the sentiment that, well, you know, FSU's class is going to fall apart because they're not a very good football team. Um, but that didn't really happen. Florida felt that, oh, well, the games are going to get played and we're going to recruit because we're Florida and we win. And, and that that didn't really happen. Uh, Manny never really gained momentum. What do you think about where things stand in the big three right now? I mean, it is kind of wild. And I go back to, to June um, and I guess parts of July when that contact period was open and everything was just happening so fast. There was all those camps, um, you know, camps, visits, uh, mega camps, you know, elite <laughs> camps, all that satellite stuff. camps. Whatever. Right, right, right. And then, you know, you heard it. I, I heard it from Miami. I heard it a little bit when I was at Florida. You know, everyone was like, oh, I, I, I mean, a common question and a common theme was, well, is FSU going to be able to hold on to this? And this is like coaches at other schools are bringing this up to me. They're like, Hey, what do you think about Florida state? Like, do you think this is going to stick? And, you know, I personally was like, I mean, I don't know how this is going to work out. Cause like you said, I didn't think Florida state was going to be all that good. I thought the losses kind of were going to happen and I didn't know how they were going to keep it all together. And I'll say this now we're two, three games left into the season. I think what Florida state has done really well it's kind of like time when they bring kids on campus. You know, they brought everyone out to that Notre Dame game. It was it was a huge visitor weekend, and they lost, but it was close. 
It was a great atmosphere. I think a lot of kids left Tallahassee with that kind of stuck in their minds, right? Then they didn't, yeah. you know, they brought some kids in for these other games, but they kind of circled the Miami game as like, hey, this is going to be the game. We bring everyone else back in. It's, it's, it's basically a month before that early signing period. And, and they very well didn't know how it was going to go. I mean, Miami had won a few games in a row. Um, you know, last year, Miami had kind of smoked them uh, down in, in, in Miami Gardens. And Florida State wins. And I think it's the same thing. Now everyone's leaving there with that burned into their mind and, and momentum helps. Um, so I think it was, it, I think that's where Florida State has really been kind of smart. They've, they've, they've rolled the dice multiple times and it's really, really panned out for them. Uh, and it's impressive. Yeah, it's been, like you said, just a wild ride. And to see where things, you know, we're talking about, we're in a moment where there might be coaching changes at both the other, maybe at both the other schools. And Mike Norvell could suddenly be on the solidest foundation of the big three. It's, it's been a wild six months. Um, well, let, let me just, let me just jump in. right. And I think, you know, Norvell, if, if this does happen or, you know, let's say Manny Diaz and Dan Mullen stay, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be on shaky grounds. And I think yeah. Mike Norvell's ready to capitalize on that. Like Norvell and them, uh, from my impression, they've wanted to get involved in South Florida ever since he's kind of taken over. You know, when Definitely. he worked that camp at FIU, like Miami was pissed that FIU let Norvell come down. Um, and they, <laughs> but, but Miami at the same time has done nothing to play defense in that area. And now you're looking at Florida State has more commitments in the tri-county area than Miami does. Uh, and I think that's, it's, you know, if, if Manny stays and, and, and Dan Wollen stays, you know, that's only going to give Norvell more ammo. And I'd be interested to see what happens come January, February, when we get those in, in-home visit seasons. Because I think Florida State will hit the ground running uh, in, in 2023, whereas those two schools, you know, they're just kind of spinning tires right now. Right. Yeah, I yeah, it's 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 happening. Like the the way that the Gators, I feel, could have snatched momentum from these other two teams this past offseason. Dan Mullen kind of punted on it, you know, not really having a big event. Not even back in the spring when he didn't have a spring practice that fans and recruits could attend. I think that hurt some momentum in their offseason. Meanwhile, you know, Mike Norvell and his staff are just turning it up. And before we get to 2023, I want to focus more on 2022. And one of the big names that was on campus was four-star linebacker Wesley Besaint out of Miami Central. He's a guy that you're very familiar with. Um, I had Bud on earlier. He kind of interpreted the recruitment a little bit. But what's your thoughts on Wesley Besaint right now? So I, before we fired this up, I, I was thinking about it. I, I think I've probably interviewed him every week or every other week for the past month or so or, or talked to him uh, in some type of capacity, whether it be after a game or a practice and – you know, to be honest, he's just a hard kid to get a read on what he wants to do. And I've been saying for the longest time, like, I think he is waiting for someone to give him a reason to go there. Um, you know, look at his top five or, or the five schools he's taken official visits to. It's the big three in the state of Florida. So Florida State, where he, uh, where he was this past week for an unofficial visit. Miami, he's taken a ton of unofficial visits there. Uh, Florida, who kind of got involved late. And then it's, it's Penn State and, and West Virginia, both mm-hmm. schools in June um and let's be honest none of those schools are really having a good season like you know no one's yeah I don't, right. I don't know if any of those teams are even ranked um and, and you know I don't think oftentimes like kind of on-field results really play into where a kid's gonna go uh but I do think in this case like Florida State beating Miami 
probably is going to help just because of, you know, what that win did big picture wise. Like, you know, that could send Manny packing, you know, it gives Norvell this huge win, gives them momentum, keeps, keeps, keeps Florida state headed in the right direction. So we'll see. Um, but that's kind of been my thing, you know, Florida was that fifth school he added and got that last visit. But for the longest time, it seemed like he was just waiting for someone else to come along and be like, hey, take a, a visit to us. And I thought it was going to be an SEC school, you know, like a Georgia or an Alabama, but they never came calling. Uh, and, and it was Florida. And then I was like, well, may, you know, maybe this just like falls into Florida's lap. Like this is a layup for them. Uh, but then Todd Grantham's out. And we don't know what's going to happen with Dan Mullen. And I know he's close with, with C. Rob, Christian Robinson, the, the, the coach at Florida, but I don't think it's a guarantee he, ha- he, you know, he's in Gainesville next year. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not anywhere close to putting it into in a crystal ball. I, I You're not? No. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. You don't have a crystal ball pig in on Wesley Bissett. You're not close yet? I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know. We got two weeks to go. I mean, I, like, I'm not putting one in now. I, I, I guess I got to get get more into it but I, I think he's kind of torn back and forth and, and like I said I think he's really waiting for someone to, to give him a reason to go there I mean I would lean probably Florida State just because of the fact he was in Tallahassee but we'll you heard it folks Ivan's is <laughs> we'll, leading Florida we'll State and I'll, can I toss in one more thing like I have yeah. I, I do think I, I've heard this at different points in the recruitment I have no idea why but I've heard keep an eye on West Virginia um but I don't think, like you said earlier, I don't think that, that West Virginia fumbled the bag. Like they they had a chance to have a, a, a good season while Florida State and Miami were trying to find their way. And I don't think that they did enough. Right. But, uh, you know, there was a time when he was telling me he was going to visit there yeah. uh, this upcoming weekend, I think for the Texas game. But uh, by all accounts, that, that trip is not That's happening. not going to happen. So he, it looks like he's probably going to visit Florida for the Florida, Florida State game. Does that mean anything to you? I mean, I, to be honest, I... That's gonna be a weird atmosphere, right? Like noon yeah. in Gainesville, like it's Dan I mean, Mullen, maybe one foot out the door. Um, yeah, FSU I I could. Do. I mean, if think about it this way, Ivan, it's like if Florida State goes up and beats Boston College, and I, I say that because Boston College on the road is a very hard place for Florida State to go and win. If they go and beat Boston College on the road, I really think that they're going into Gainesville at noon and they're gonna beat Florida. Yeah. They're going to roll in there and beat Florida. So I think that if that happens and Wesley Besaint and whoever else is in the stands for that one, I think that's going to turn into a Florida State visit if it goes down the way I'm saying. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm does that give him a reason? I mean, geez, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. how many reasons does he need? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, one other guy that you probably talk to on a weekly basis is Marvin Jones Jr., I want to thank you. Um, he left Florida State at 5 a.m. on Monday morning, so we were unable to get an interview with him as he exited, uh, but you were able to catch up with him yesterday. How was he? Uh, looking like a five-star. <laughs> uh, no, he's a big dude. Um, I talked with him, and what was crazy was Sunday, you know, or I guess late Saturday night, he teased 2 p.m. On, on Sunday. News mm-hmm. is coming, and I had a hunch it was kind of a top five, and it and it was, and we, we talked about that. We talked about the Florida State visit. Um, he's super guarded, super protected. He's, he's a calculated individual. Uh, so it feels like at times you're kind of prying things for him. But my impression is he enjoyed it. Uh, he thought the atmosphere was what it should be in, inside Dope Campbell Stadium. Um, 
And, you know, I, I think him watching Jermaine Johnson have a, a monster game helps uh, spend a lot of time. And I know you had written this before I even talked to him with Kier Thomas. That was his player host who is obviously from South Florida. So I think Florida straight state try to work that angle. I think what's also interesting was, was Earl little jr. Was up there right. um, over the weekend and he wasn't an on an official, but when I had talked to them, those two before the visit, they, they had kind of mentioned how they were going up together. Um, so I, I found that a little interesting. Uh, I think this win and, and, and just the timing of the, of the visit gives Florida state a, a chance, you know, like it helps them. At the same time, though, I, I think that the big, big dogs are going to be pretty hard to beat. Um, you know, I think he really liked his Oklahoma visit. You know, Alabama, the kids always say it, Alabama's Alabama. Uh, he's really, really, really close with Dallas Turner, the, the freshman pass rusher for the Crimson Tide. So we'll see. And then he's going to get to Georgia right before the early signing. That's here. really the wild card, I think. Yeah, right. And I think if you are a, like anyone on the, uh, we, I just mentioned, like, I mean, dude, kids want to play in that defense right now. Like they are getting who they want. So, you know, the fact that that's the last face to face he's going to get before he potentially signs, like that's, that's what I would be worried about. Yeah. He said that maybe he's going to take it to February. I take that as kind of a deflection on the fact that his decision's coming up. Like, I think he's saying that so that fans and writers don't continue to pressure him because to be honest with you, I'm pretty certain he's making his decision here in the next three or four weeks. But I think he keeps saying that it's going to be maybe February. Do you think that there's any way this recruitment goes into February? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can outline a path to that. Um, Do it. Here's the path to it. Dan Lanning gets a job. Uh, at the Georgia defensive coordinator, he ends up somewhere else. Um, and that happens in December. Okay, you know, so you think the coaching carousel could, yes, prov- yeah, could that, be that, the thing, the catalyst to bump this to February. Okay, right. I can buy that. I can buy that. Lincoln Riley, like, goes to the NFL, like he's the coach yeah. of the Jets or something. Okay, I buy that. I don't buy that, like, if if that if there's no major coaching change among his top five, then I think he does make a December decision. Right, well, like, I think he wants to get it over with. Like, but he, you know, he's also yeah. keeping the door open. Like, I don't think he enjoys the recruiting process, if that makes sense. Like, okay. I don't think yeah. he enjoys right. getting I interviewed. I don't think, he, you know, he's probably not going to enjoy all the in-home visits. Um, you know, and his parents are also split up. And I think that kind of weighs on some of these recruitments as well. Like, that's an angle that's not talked about at all. Like, I mean, I don't know. When I was in high school, my parents were divorced and, like, you know, now you're trying to make a decision with two different parties. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, if you're a 17, 18 year old kid, but you just, at some point you're just like, I, I want this to be over. Right. So I think that especially that when you're as good as he is, because like right. he's going to go anywhere and be great. It doesn't really matter where he goes. I mean, I'm sorry to say that for some people listening, but like that's kind of the fact of the matter. So if it's tearing up your personal life, you kind of just want to get it over with. Right, right, right. All right. Do you think? Marvin Jones Jr. and Earl Little sign with the same school. Not saying they're a package deal in the sense that like one's going where the other's going, but do you think that they ultimately end up together? Well, I mean, I think Earl, Earl, Earl Little is definitely going to Alabama unless something changes on, you know, unless for some reason Alabama doesn't want him or, or something like that. Like I, I, I I've, believe the same. I've felt very good about Alabama for a long time. So you're asking me, do I think Marvin Jones? ends up at Alabama. Um, you know, I don't have a, a forecast in for that, but that's, 
maybe where I would lean. So I would say, yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah. Like, Do you ever feel like since you are in South Florida that you have to have crystal ball picks in on these guys, but I also understand the pressure that puts on you. So I'm not, do you, do you feel that pressure? I just like the, the thing that sucks about it is, is, is when you put it in and then like, you know, it, it's, it's, you, then you get on Instagram and there's all these people that are like tagging the kid and like, Oh, this kid says you're going there. And then you have to go face the kid. And the kid's like, well, you know, why, why would, why did you do that? It's like, dude, I'm, you know, I got a job to do. I'm not trying to spoil your moment or anything like that. Yeah. It's just, and you're trying to calculate, all right, when's the right time to put in the pick? Like, do I do it now? Hoping that I don't have to change it before you announce, or do I do it before you announce? Because then if I do it before you announce, it looks like I know where you're going. So it's, you know, I still haven't figured out what the right formula is for that. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I really don't. I mean, <laughs> I know it's hard. I know, especially when you have to go interview them every week, because uh, right. then you put your pick in and it's like, you know, you're doing this interview for the next site on the Oklahoma board. And then the next week it's on the Georgia board and you have them crystal ball to, you know, somewhere else. It's, I know it makes for an awkward process, but I like putting you on the spot. I would. Okay. So if you put me on the spot, I I, I would probably lean at that. That's where my crystal ball would be a would low be. confidence score in Alabama for, for Marvin Jones. Like I've, I, I, it's taken a while, but I've mm -hmm. quickly learned do not bet against Nick Saban on the it's guys hard. he wants. And uh, I think they want him or, or they're going to want him. And uh, I think, like I said, he, he's pretty close with Dallas Turner, who he is seeing have, have success early on. And the other thing is, you know, American Heritage is kind of a pro little Alabama school as of late. Pat Sertan's the head coach there. His son, Pat Sertan Jr., went to Tuscaloosa and is now making plays on Sundays in the mm. NFL. And I think there's a lot of that kind of buzz or talk that's talked about a lot inside those those football offices yeah. there in, in Plantation. It's just there's so many dynamics with him being a legacy prospect. With just there's just there's just so many dynamics in this recruitment that make it hard to predict. Uh, well, um, I, I'll, I'll say this. I would imagine like FSU is probably going to have what some type of not like trick or anything like that, but they're going to try to make a big splash before that signing day. So like, let's say that Marvin does keep that timeline, you know, December 15th, early signing period. FSU is going to have a chance to go out on the road. Um, I could see, you know, Norvell sending the entire staff to, let's say, an American Heritage playoff game or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they will think out the outside of the box here and get creative. Um, and is that going to be enough? Who knows? But, you know, I think on the other side, like Alabama is just going to be Alabama. So, you know, who, 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 you know, is that, will it be enough? I don't know. But I think Florida I State will mean. try their, be their best effort. I know what you mean. Um, all right, before we get you out of here, uh, two guys that were not on campus I want to talk to you about, but um, give us your thoughts on Devon Mortimer, the three-star wide receiver at Dillard High School that has been committed to FSU since the summer. Yeah, you were asking me about him. Um, I like this kid a lot, and I know everyone's like, well, you have him as, as a three-star and, and whatnot, but we have him as a high three-star. Uh, you know, I love the track numbers on him. I, I think he's going to be – uh challenge for a state title if he does is he gonna enroll early I, I guess i think he's told me no um no he's running track i spoke yeah. to him a couple of weeks ago he's gonna run yeah. track in his senior season so so he was like eighth last year in the 100 meter dash um i i think he'll challenge for a podium spot uh but he's a he's a shifty 
electric playmaker. I go back to the Battle Miami seven-on-seven tournament, which was last January, Mm -hmm. and I think he was a top performer for us. And that was like one of the most loaded seven-on-seven tournaments I think I've ever covered. Um, They call him Bugs, and he just he just made a ton of plays, and that's kind of parlayed into a big senior season. Um, Any Florida State fan that I, you know, if, if you're into watching Huddle or whatnot, go find his Huddle and find the St. Thomas Aquinas game. He makes a play uh, where he runs into traffic on a little crossing route, spins out and takes off down the sidelines. Like, and I think that's exactly what he's going to be able to do uh, for Mike Norvell in that offense. He's just going to kind of be a weapon. And he's also really good in the return game. Um, I think he scored five times on special teams last year. Uh, and when I first met him, I was at a Dillard. I think they're playing like Fort Lauderdale high and he just housed some like back-to-back punts. I'm like, who is this kid? And then I did some digging in him. I, I think I, I put an evaluation on his profile. I compared him to, to Bobo Wilson mm-hmm. at Florida state. And I, I kind of love that comp, you know, he's on the smaller side, but he's electric fast. And I, I think he will be a weapon for, for Kenny Dillingham and, you know, someone that potentially could play early on just because he doesn't need to play 50 snaps or whatnot, but you can get him in the rotation for 12 and draw and scheme some stuff up for him. Right. And um, his teammate is also widely talked about amongst FSU fans. And that was one time Florida State defensive end commitment, Nigel E. Kelly. Um, Nigel E. Kelly was not at the game. He also told Zach that he didn't have a chance to watch the game yet when we reached out to him for comment. And a lot of Florida State fans were kind of freaking out about that. But Ivan's, you and I know Nigel E. Kelly and his personality. Does it surprise you that he didn't watch a football game on Saturday? No. <laughs> People um, took that as kind of like the death blow. But what do you, when, when I tell you that he did not watch FSU's game on Saturday, what's your reaction? I mean, it's it's not surprising to me. I think that applies for like a lot of these kids. Like They don't really watch football. Yeah, their Saturdays don't like live and die with uh, – I mean, Some of them I, do. But then you, know, you have guys like Nigel – and I don't want to say Nigel is aloof or he's, he's kind of like spacey, but he's – off the football, like, don't get me wrong. On the field, he's a killer. He's dialed right. in. He's a killer. There's he's a, he's not almost nobody junkie. better. But off the field, I don't think he cares about football. And and I don't I don't know. Yeah, oh, he's not he's not like a big X and O's football junkie. Um, I, I will say this: I did I would I reached out to him on Saturday morning because he had played Friday night. And they had put up a big win in the playoffs. And I was like, hey, you know, how many sacks did you have? And he's like, oh, I only played the first quarter. I got hurt. So maybe he had like something to do with uh, his injuries and rehab. Who knows? Maybe but... he was at Tortuga. It was Tortuga in Fort Lauderdale. Maybe he just was like, hey, I'm going to the beach. Um, There's some good country music going on. I'm not <laughs> missing this. No, I, I don't know. I, I, it's not surprising to me. Like, you know, these at the end of their kids, they have their social lives. They have girlfriends. I mean, right. it's not the end all be all I, but I that being said i think it was more notable that he wasn't in town for the game that then he didn't watch it on tv i know that sounds kind of weird but going to the game is more like an event and something you want to be a part of like if you love florida state and you might end up there you probably want to go for their rivalry game against miami one a bunch of your friends are going to be there um and two, you want to be around the coaches and, and the players and stuff as much as you can if you're getting down to your recruitment or down to your commitment date. I just have a feeling 
that Nigel Leak is one of these guys that could go out to Oregon. Like he could move all the way to the West Coast and play for the Ducks. Um, I also think that Nigel Leak maybe hasn't even begun his recruitment because I think if a team like Georgia or Clemson makes a late rush, I think Nigel Leak would definitely listen and be intrigued by them. Where do you think his recruitment is right now? Do you think it's it's heating up? Do you think he's ready to make a decision or do you think he, there's still some ways to go? Um, I agree with you. I, I, I could definitely see him at, at Oregon. Um, that's a school he grew up liking. He took an official visit there, liked it, returned over his birthday weekend on an unofficial visit, uh, and saw them play. And then he hasn't been anywhere since then. Um, I don't think it's over the recruitment. Like you said, mm-hmm. Georgia is kind of like the looming you know, threat. And I'm, I'm assuming probably the next time I talk to him, he's going to say, Hey, I got a Georgia official visit set in December. Mm-hmm. Um, Clemson try to get involved there. I actually think he'd be a personality wise fit at Clemson. I, I think, I think the same about Marvin Jones, but um, Tigers seem to just kind of be doing, doing different things. Um, so we'll, we'll see, you know, Nigel league also like visited Florida and like Florida just kind of like trailed off. Um, yeah. I, I think with him, like scheme wise, he seems to really be looking at that. He's also really interested in player development. Um, and can you get me to the league? And I know he had been to some to some Miami games and we were talking about it. he's like, I don't really see the defensive ends doing anything. Like I think he said something along those lines, and I'm paraphrasing, so you know, Miami fans don't go off on me about <laughs> right. But he said he said something along those lines, which is crazy because Miami had two defensive ends drafted in the first round last year mm-hmm. uh, and they've just, they've just fallen off. So, you know, I'm sure Florida state is, is trying to sell him on what they've done with Jermaine Johnson and, and coach Hagan's has done in, in such a short time, but also Oregon's got KT, Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Brandon Dorless, who is a defensive lineman from Deerfield beach, right up the road from, from Dillard high school. So we'll see. Uh, I do agree. You know, I think he might have – no, he doesn't have any official visits left to use, but there are some some things I want to know what happens in this recruitment. Who does LSU hire? Um, because LSU at one time was in a good spot as well, and he can return to Baton Rouge on an official visit because they made the head, yeah. the, the head mm-hmm. coaching change. You know, what happens with Mario Cristobal? Like, I'm not saying, you know, he's, he's going to go anywhere, but I think everyone or a lot of people that wear – the, the green and orange want him to take over for Manny Diaz. And yeah, if, plus even just the rumors, like, right. Like the rumors, right, it right. doesn't even have to be Mario going to Miami. Just what if the rumors of Mario taking X, Y, and Z job, you know, causes him to go look at Alabama more or Florida state more, you know, like there's just a, yeah, I, I know what you mean. There's going to be a lot of uncertainty with Mario's name all the way through probably January 1st, you know, once then- all the, until all the big jobs are filled, I think Mario's name is going to be out there. And then the last thing with with Oregon and, and, and Nigel Leak, you know, he is very, very close to his mother. His mother, mm-hmm. um, I want to say she coaches track actually at American Heritage or, or one of these schools down here. She's very involved in his recruitment. And the big question has been distance. You know, is she going to let him go to Oregon? I, you know, I used to fly from Fort Lauderdale out to Oregon for the 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 Elite Eleven and the it's opening. Not all easy. The- and that is a far flight. And when they went out there for that unofficial visit, like they, it, it, t- it was like a three day trip because uh, 
airlines got were like closing down so mm-hmm. you know i think that that plays a little bit in it but you know uh we'll see i this one is, is one where I, I lean oregon right now like i think that's they have the pull the pulse the momentum and all that stuff but this will be kind of battled and and won when those in-home visits start in in two weeks yeah all right ivans well i appreciate you coming on um it was really fun talking kind of the state of big three and just what's transpired over the last six months. Uh, we'll get you back on here before early signing day. Yeah. That's good. Well, yeah. Anytime, man, it's, it's going to be an interesting run up. And I hate when people always say that, well, like, Oh, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. But no. just with the big three, there's so, so coaching many change in home right. visits, state playoffs. Uh, right. there's, it, there's there, this run up to early signing day is going to be, It's going to be fun and it's going to be interesting. All right. Thank you, Ivans. Appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Later. See ya. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with h track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.